So, uh, second epistle to Timothy. Paul's letter to Timothy. And last week, or the week before last, we got to the first 12 verses. Um, last week we were talking about um, hearing God's voice in your life uh, when we had the uh, church picnic and baptism, which uh, it, it rained on us for the first time. We were soaking wet. Everyone got baptized that time, but that's, that's fun. You know, I, I don't care. I think it's more memorable that way my own self, but... Whatever, and, and I was talking about how to hear the voice of God. And I was hoping that was actually very beneficial to you. I hope it's something that you've kind of taken with you, and you kind of, uh, if you weren't there, I'm sorry. There's no recording. We don't record while we're out there. Um, maybe at some point I'll I'll teach that again, but I I don't know that I don't know that'll be the case. So anyway, so second. Uh, uh, Timothy. Last time we were together in in Second Timothy, we looked at the first twelve verses, where Paul ends up saying, um, in verse eleven, "I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things." What things? Well, he's in prison. Paul's going to be beheaded at the end of this epistle. Well, not exactly at the end, but his to-do list is very short. Finish writing Timothy and then lay down my life for the Savior. His to-do list is finish this, post it, and be beheaded. Some people call this his swan song. I don't know that swan sang, but we all know what we mean when we say that. Here, um, and then he says, this call, I suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and persuaded, he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And he's, the word ashamed is through here, this epistle, many times. In verse 8, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner. And it's talking on, okay, I'm not ashamed, and you shouldn't be either. At the end of this book, and I'm going to pray, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get there. At the end of his book, he says, nobody stayed with me. Everyone was left me all by myself. Why? They were ashamed. They were, didn't want to be with me. They didn't, they didn't want to hang out with me. Uh, they knew that my name is Mud, and therefore they were trying to make the separation so that, you know, hey, uh, Paul, yeah, I don't know Nero, whatever. You know him, I don't know him. I never. And he said, don't you do that. And I kind of want to prepare your heart a little bit because that's the tenor of what we're all t we're talking about here. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we want to get what you would have for us here this morning. We expect remarkable things from your Holy Spirit. Not because I'm a great teacher, Lord, because your word is great, because your spirit is great. Lord, I pray you would bless. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not ashamed, Paul says. Uh, I think there's a mass exodus from the church these days, at least in America. Uh, all denominations are doing poorly. Calvary chapels are kind of holding their own. Is there any churches that are growing? Some. There's little pockets of them and God's blessing at, at different places. But I think with social media, and I think where it seems that Satan has more than ever before in America grabbed hold of The small percentage of people who are anti-God, most of your friends and neighbors, they're, they're not 
pro-God, but they're not anti-God. They don't wake up this morning, how can I thwart the plan of God? How can I cast off this yoke that God has put? Most of them aren't that way. There's a small percentage of people, and they seem to have all the microphones, and they seem to buy their ink by the 55-gallon drum, and they seem to have, have captured social media. They sound like there's a lot of them. Well, there is a lot of them. I mean, if there's 300 million people in America, they, they, they're in the millions, but they're not the majority. But they seem like the majority. And we knew this because in chapter 3, know, this know also that in last days perilous times shall come. Perilous times are here, and there are many who are ashamed of the gospel. Me, since I got saved, I knew these verses. I knew this day was coming. And I knew that it was going to take, like, some intestinal fortitude. We're going to, hey, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> That's because you're too stupid to be ashamed. You're a rube. You think there's a God, really? That's foolish. No, I'm right. And in eternity, I'll be proved right. Here, it's a, it's a faith walk. And I, I want to tell you, 100 years from today, the only thing that's going to matter is your faith. A hundred years from today, the only thing that's going to matter is your faith. That's a good place for an amen. Look, 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 who cares? Angel's going to ask you, hey, what kind of truck did you have? Oh, that was, oh, what? Oh, that's a fine automobile. They, they don't care. Hey, what did you do for work? Nobody cares in eternity. They care how you worked for the Lord. A hundred years from today, who, we, we keep thinking like this is all there is. That's ridiculous. Life is a vapor. It appeareth for a while, and then it goes away. And we plan, and we plot, and we make our like this is all there is. And it's so not. And so because of that, people don't want to be, you know, they make up words to call us. Ten years ago, who, who heard of the word homophobe? Is anyone here afraid of homosexual people? Uh, is anyone afraid that you might be homosexual? Is anyone like, you know, I, is, oh, it's just me? No, 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 no. It's not me. It's not me. I, I get up in the night and I think, oh, I hope I'm not homosexual. You're a homophobe, they say. Wait a second. That's, that's not even a thing. They, they make up words to, and of course, we, you're a hater. Well, wait a second. I don't hate. But then they tell us, well, this is what hating means. You want secure borders, you're racist, you're a hater. I don't think I am. And we adopt their viewpoint. And our viewpoint, hey, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Yeah, there is a God, there is a heaven, there's a salvation to be obtained. There's a hell to be shunned, there's a heaven to be obtained, and that's the rules of the game. I didn't make the rules up, I'm just telling you what they are. And that's a shameful, that, that, that message has fallen into disrepute. So let's say there is a heaven, let's say there is a God. Well, we're all going there. And all you need to get there is just to die. I mean, if, you, if you've been to a funeral lately, have you been to a funeral in your life? It didn't be lately. Oh, you know, earth is the poor and heaven is the richer since our dear departed brother. Who openly blasphemed and hated God and would tell you that there was no God and suddenly he's joined the heavenly choir. It's, it's all ridiculous and this shamefulness about preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in 2019 in America. Wear it. Own it. 
Don't try to get around it. Don't try to be groovy and cool. Don't try to denounce. Don't try to, yes, I love Jesus. Deal with it. I'm right. You're all crazy and you're short-sighted. The Democratic National Committee, their opinion doesn't matter in heaven. Now, the Republican Party, don't get me wrong, their opinion doesn't matter in heaven either. The only opinion that rules in heaven is the opinion of God. And God says eternal things. These are important things. We're all like, I don't want to be called a hater, so I'm just going to hold back. I'm going to blush to speak the name Jesus Christ. Not happening here. It's not happening here. I don't have it. Don't be ashamed. Hold fast. The form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And by the way, if you try to maintain friendship with the world and friendship with God, those things are going opposite direction. They will pull you apart. And if you're like this really super progressive Christian, oh, I think homosexuality is wonderful. I, God calls it a sin, but I don't. I think it's wonderful. And I embrace, you know, transgender. I know God made him in the beginning, male and female, but now... We understand better than God understood before. <laughs> you ain't going to win that argument with me, by the way. And you try to embrace both. The world's not going to love you. You think, you think you're going to be progressive and the world's going to embrace you and love you. <laughs> you're ridiculous. It never does. It will overcome you, but it won't embrace any of your ideas. If you m- mention the name Jesus Christ to any degree whatsoever, you're marked for as, as a hey, again, wear it. You're marked as a hater, disruptive, troublemaker, and they'll throw a heap hatred on you. Don't try to be groovy and like half-hearted and, no, no, I'm, I'm cool. You know, Jesus is our way, but he's not the way. Don't try to meet somebody halfway. There's no halfway with the message of Jesus Christ. Hold fast the form of sound words you have heard in me in faith and in love which is in Christ Jesus. Hold fast means garrison. It means guard. Why would you guard anything in the world ever? Because somebody's trying to take it away from you. If you don't guard it, it's gone. So we, we have things like safes and safe deposit boxes. And we lock things because we don't want them to disappear because we think they're very precious. Here, hold fast, garrison, guard, the form of sound words. I don't know that we've, the Church of Jesus Christ has done a really good job of that. We can do it as individuals. The church at large, no, it's trying to meet the world halfway. It's not working at all. Me, I, I would say, as Paul has said, hold fast the form of sound words, which you have heard of me. Paul's opinion matters. Does anyone on Facebook's opinion matter? Yeah, if they're quoting Paul. If they're not, <laughs> they're on their own. If they're sharing Bible verses with you, you're, but you're obliged to read those verses, and to listen to what they say. If they're just shooting off their opinion, their opinion's like my opinion. It ain't worth much. You want to you set your compass by my opinion? That, I, I, who told you to do that? Now, I'm trying to explain what the Word of God says, and you ought to set your compass by what the Word of God says. Anyone's opinion, they're just opinions. You, you go to heaven, you, you stand before God, the, the righteous judge. You said, well, I read on Facebook. Don't even finish that sentence, okay? <laughs> Nothing good can come of that, anything after that, right? But, but we 
we read Facebook, we absorb all this stuff like as if they're saying something that's important or, or, or something that ought to be. No, hold fast the form of sound doctrine, which thou hast heard in me, in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Faith and love, it's, it's, it's a faith walk and love because that's the flavor of everything we do. We're not haters, we're lovers. We're the only ones who really can. Uh, I, you know, it's, 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 um, it's funny to me because, like, you know, we're talking about the, you know, Facebook and things like this. Try to disagree with somebody who calls you a hater. You're going to see some hatred. Hey, I don't go around throwing milkshakes at anyone. I'm not a hater. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I love people who hate me. Done it. Been there, done that. Uh, so they call us haters, but they're the real haters. I mean, they really are. Just disagree with them. And see the cacophony of shrill voices in your face shouting like crazy people. Just suggest, hey, you might be wrong about this. And watch, <laughs> embrace for impact. Watch the fireworks. So our, our, love looks, our life looks like something. It looks like faith and love. And that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost with dw- which dwelleth in us. Now look, what's the holy thing that's committed unto thee? The form of sound words. God's given you good doctrine. The Spirit of God has given you sound, good doctrine. And you want to keep those things which were committed unto thee, this sound doctrine by the Holy Ghost, which dwells in us. Because it's not just you in the natural. It's not just me in the natural. There's choices to be made. But at the end of the day, it sounds like, you know, we're on this island against everybody. Fair enough. Because it's us and God against everybody. And I want to tell you something. You and God are the majority. And you have to figure this out. I said this before. It's not just you and like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to... Like, is that... Does life work like that? It doesn't. I say, like, I have sin in my life, right? I'm going to white-knuckle my way through it. I have, like, a drinking problem. I'm not going to drink anymore. I just I determine I'm not going to. And Satan laughs at our white knuckles. You think he hasn't got a way around? Have you guys figured this out? i got a supernatural enemy. He's not supernatural like God is supernatural, but he's supernatural enough. He can do things that I can't even explain. He's, way, he's a cherub. He's way more powerful than me. He's got this angelic host who's trying to get me to fall. I, I'm toast on my own, but I'm not on my own. I have the Holy Spirit of God. And I, I, it's like the bully who comes around. Like, you know... Okay, let's go. Let's do this thing. Well, he's like seven foot nine, and he he beats up ten or twelve of me on the way to fights. I, what am I going to do against him, right? Well, I got this big brother who is bad. I mean, just can take anyone apart. His name is Jesus Christ. He's like you can't call Jesus bad. He's he's awesome. Okay, he's he's more powerful than any demon that I've ever been up against. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have to figure that out. If you think on your own, I'm just going to, oh, there's a, there's a you element in this. You're going to make the choices. But I, I can't tell you how many times in the course of a week I'm so in over my skis and I'm like, Lord, you have to show up and you have to help. Write this inside. You guys, is anyone like that except me? <laughs> I mean, you guys, do you figure out this like, uh, this temptation Smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. 
There's too much at stake. And I have, I've understood this for a long time. God, help me now. Does he? Listen, listen. I've only been saved since 1980. You can do the math. Almost 40 years, okay? 40 years next February. Can I tell you this? He's never once ever left me unaided, unabetted. He's never left me flapping in the breeze. He never said, you're on your own, son. I hope, you know, good. I hope it all works out for you. That's not our God. Oh, that good thing which is committed unto you, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me. Why? Because they were ashamed. Tim, don't you be ashamed. And they're still turning away. And he names some. Who, uh, uh, Phygelus and Hermogenes. Who names, their ch- <laughs> Who names their kid Hermogenes? I don't know. It probably means something. I don't know. I'm sure it does, right? Uh, so these are examples of those who have turned away. In Scripture, eternally. Yikes. I don't want my name here added to among, among these. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus. For he often refreshed me and what? Was not ashamed of my chain. It's all about shame. I'm not ashamed. Tim, don't you be ashamed. Oh, we got this Hermogenes and Phygelus. They... they we're not only ashamed of the gospel and ashamed of me, then they ended up acting shamefully. But we got this Onesiphorus. And he, he wasn't ashamed. He wasn't ashamed of my chain. He understood that I was a prisoner of, of Jesus Christ. But he didn't care about nothing like that because when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day and in how many things he ministered to me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Now there are some people who think that Onesiphorus turned away and that's why Paul's saying God give him mercy in that day. I don't think so. That day, by the way, is judgment day. I think it's the day of the rapture. I think what happens after the rapture happens, we're in heaven, then what happens? Judgment the Bema Seed of Christ, you're rewarded according to your good works. The things that you didn't do that weren't quite good. You don't get a reward on them. That's wood, hay, and stubble. That burns up. You say, we're going to get judged for our sin? No, no. I say that no. I say a thousand times no. No, no, no. Jesus was judged for our sin, so there's no accountability of anything. I didn't say that. We're told we're all going to be judged at at the judgment seat of Christ. The word judgment seat is Bema. Bema. Uh, it means a place of where, where they gave out the awards at the, uh, the ceremonies in the Olympics. You know, you get silver, you get gold, you get the bronze medal if you do real good, right? Uh, or you don't get anything if you just maybe just finished the race. So you cheated or, or whatever. You don't get the prize. You don't get executed. You just don't get the prize. And that's what it's talking about. And it, and it goes into detail in Corinthians. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And all the things that we've done in the flesh, we're going to receive payment for those things. Not sin. Sin's been dealt with. Why did you go to church all the time? Why did you give money? Why did you worship? Why did you treat your neighbor like you? What, and all the whys and, and the motives come to the surface here. And then God judges and he rewards uh, accordingly. On, on stuff like giving a, a glass of water in his name. And can I just add to that? Being faithful in prayer. Being an, a, a good friend. Being an encourager. Um, sometimes getting in your friend's face and calling them out and 
and, and holding their feet to the fire. There's a lot of ways you can love. In every last way, God knows. He knows the disposition of our hearts. He knows why we did the things that we did or why we abstained from doing the things. He knows if we were ashamed. He knows if we were bold. He knows every opportunity. I think he'll go through all of this. And in that day, Paul's saying, I'm praying that Anessa Forrest, when he gets his reward, the Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy uh, of the Lord in that day. And that's my prayer for all of us. Because I, I, my whole thing, my whole life, everything I do, everything I abstain from doing, my whole thing is because I'm thinking about a day where I'm going to stand before God and I want to hear, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. That's my whole everything. Because I, I told you, 100 day, years from today, the only thing that's going to matter is our faith. We're going to be there a long time. We're going to be here, what, me? 17, 18 years on the average. I'm definitely running the last lap. 18-ish, plus or minus, depends on how my love affair with bacon turns out. What, what is that, 77 years the average? I'm 59, you can do the math. I'm going there. I'll be there. Young, <laughs> not getting older for a long time. Oh, we're going to be here for a thousand years. I don't think we'll age in our, I think we'll already put on that eternal spacesuit, the one that never gets older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we, as we get out of bed in the morning, you know, I, I used to, you know, jump out of bed. Now I kind of get up, dangle, creak, snap, crackle, and pop. I have to recover from sleeping. <laughs> I, I, it's, hello, that's exactly how it is, isn't it? And that will be a time when that won't be the case. We're going to be there a long time. What are you planning on? You, you live like this is all there is? Are you out of your mind? Are you insane? No, I'm ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm ashamed of the gospel. I'm a, okay, okay. Vanessa Forrest, he's going to be a rock star in heaven. Uh, Phygelus and Hermogenes, not so much. You figure it out what team you want to be on. He is in Rome. He sought me out very diligently and found me, and the Lord grant unto him mercy. All things he did, Ephesus, you know all about them. Chapter 2. Thou therefore, because of this, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Uh, people make much of this. as four generations. Okay, you, you've heard these things from me. Teach them to others who are able to teach others. It's like four generations there. And by the way, that's very good. That's what you want. Uh, and there's always that teaching. When do, when do you know? How, how, how have you done the teaching? How do you know when, you've, when, a, when you, the people you've taught are able to teach others who are able to teach others? It's always like four generations. But there's a commit. Um, teach. These words are action words. And again, be not ashamed is the overarching theme, the whole thing. Now he's going to give us some examples. Thou therefore endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. How many of you guys have been in the military? Okay, three. <laughs> Thank you for your service, by the way. So you understand a little bit about it. 
Some of us do. And if you haven't, you saw the, you saw the movies, okay? You, you've seen it. How is it that you get somebody who's like some... We just had that uh, whatever anniversary of the storming of the beaches of Normandy. How do you get an 18, 19-year-old child to run up the beach when people are being shot all around, machine gun fire to the right, to the left, well entrenched. That, that takes some dedication. That takes some something. Uh, it's funny to me how people, you know, the courageous people today, I think, when they, they talk about how courageous they've been, I think like about, that doesn't look like storming the beaches of Normandy courage to me, you know, comparative. But imagine all that. And he's, he's holding that soldier forth as an example here. Uh, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Is it hardship being a Christian? Sometimes is a hardship here in America in the 21st century. We don't know much about privation and dire poverty and really tough circumstances. We know nothing uh, really about persecution, not like other people have uh, endured persecution. People mock us. I get that. And that's not in and of itself pleasant, but you're not going to prison today for being a Christian. We're not here meeting and hoping that some secret police don't come in with and raid the, the meeting. We're, we're not even, that's not on the radar. We're not concerned about that at all. Uh, there is hardship, and he's saying, well, tough it out. Endure it. Get on with it. Figure it out. And then uh, endure it as a good soldier of, of Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of people don't like the metaphor. You know, we, they take, you get like a, a hymn like Onward Christian Soldiers. And that ain't in the newest hymnals. They've, they've scoured uh, anything of like warfare and stuff like this. Hey, you, you have to figure that out. You know, fight the good fight. It's a, it is. It's exactly that. Uh, it's a warfare. We have an enemy. He's trying to devour you. Make no mistake about it. And I think a lot of people say, I don't know any warfare, maybe because <laughs> you've already... This, his, his tendency is to let a sleeping dog lie. Why wake him up? Something bad might happen. So we'll just... Uh, I, I never know what it is to oppose Satan. And that's because you're probably going in the same direction. That's a story for another time. Endure hardship as a good soul of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. It's all about the warfare all the time. Figure it out. If a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. And he gives an example. This is the athlete striving for mastery. This is the one who's running the race. This is the one who's wrestling. This is the one who's whatever shot, put, event, whatever. Um, that's what it means, striving for masteries. Yet is he not crowned? And again, it's a kind of reference back to the Olympic Games. They got that little laurel wreath that you show to your friends for a couple of days, and then it's all withered and nasty looking. And he, he'll, say, he'll say in another place, like, we do this for like a crown that endures forever. And you, you ever see athlete like who's like world class? That's all they do. Whatever weightlifting, whatever biathlon, whatever triathlon, whatever they do, that's all they do. That's a big, big part of their lives. I, I watch like a, a figure skater or something like that. 
they're, they interview them. <laughs> they should just watch them. Get the, get the microphone away from them. They talk like not very eloquent. Why? Because they don't know eloquence. They've never studied rhetoric. They don't understand anything. All they understand is figure skating, usually. And, and uh, a lot of athletes are like that. If you're going to be world class, you're going to spend an inordinate amount of time doing just that. He's using that as an example. And you've got to play fair. You, gotta, you can't use the performance-enhancing drugs. Have you ever seen anyone who lost their gold medal or, or, had, you know, or were penalized for not playing fair, not playing by the rules? Oh, yeah, we see it all the time. Uh, if a man also strive for mastery, he he's not crowned, except he strive lawfully. So you're going for the gold, Timothy. You've got to play by the rules is the idea. And there is a way, a, a sense in that we're all going for the gold. You didn't, you didn't like the, uh, uh, the, uh, the soldier metaphor, so he gives us another one. Say, I'm not all for men of that either. Okay, the husbandmen <laughs> that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. What's a husbandman? A grower, a farmer. And by the way, husbands, large hint, large hint. Well, I, I think my wife would take that rather badly if I said I'm a grower. Like, what, is she some sort of vegetable or something that I'm... No, you're growing your marriage. Your marriage is an exact, accurate representation of how you've been growing it. Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, that's what it means, I think, when we talk about menu, the head of your house. The box stops here. It is what it is because of where I've led it to be. Well, my wife, she's not that much. You, Adam, you, you, she, you, she's part, partly to blame. Mm, not in the world of Christian, Christianity. Remember, who, who sinned, us or Jesus? We did. Jesus didn't sin. What happened? He went looking for Adam. Adam, where are you? In light of all this happened, where are you? He moved out in redemption. Did he move out in blame? Whose fault was it? It's ours. We know it's ours. What happened? He took, took charge of the situation and went to the cross and died for his bride. And now we're told, men, that we ought to love our wives as Christ loved the, his bride. What does that mean? Well, go into her world and die there, among other things. It's a place of where we carry the cross. It's not a place of... And our marriage is, our husbandry is where it is because whether we've been growing the thing or not. Someone will challenge me on that. <laughs> don't, okay? Please don't. Own it. Sit in it. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruit. So we have, you know, warring athletes. We have striving, uh, um, I mean, warring soldiers, striving athletes, and we have, you know, laboring husbandmen. I take your metaphor. It doesn't matter which one you do, but is a, there's a, figure it out. You know, this is what, and he's using these examples of what the Christian life looks like. It looks like all those things. Sometimes it's a warring. Sometimes it's a striving. Uh, sometimes it's a faithful. Hey, you know, I, I, uh, about, I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe a little longer, I started growing a garden, and my wife thought I was nuts because <laughs> we buy our vegetables and all of a sudden you, and I was like and she kind of gave me some pushback and it's not like Sue's you know and I'm like well, what's the deal and she's like listen I, I grew up in 
garden house where we, you know, we weeding all the time. We're, you know, pretty, and she goes, I, I don't want to be up till the wee hours in the morning canning and preserving. I mean, we can just go to the store and buy, you know, a can of cream corn for not too much, okay? Let's just leave it well enough alone. And I said, oh, oh, I see, I see. You think that me doing this, you're going to get a lot of extra work. Well, I, I could, I understand that. She, she didn't want her life to be about canning. Susan isn't lazy. She's one of the most unlazy people, person I've ever met. She is, I get tired watching her work. I, I'm, not, I'm not even joking about that. She just didn't want to be all about that. I'm thinking, okay, fair enough. So our, our deal was, I said, hey, how about some salsa? And you make this tomato sauce, this marinara. You, you do this excellently. Can you? She goes, yeah, I'll do that. And I say, oh, fair enough. So it's been all about me in the garden. She doesn't plant. She doesn't reap. She doesn't weed. She doesn't water. She doesn't do any of that stuff. It's not a question of ladies. The question is, it's my garden. It's, I don't want her in there weeding. I would like to pull out the weeds. You're saying, really? I've got a garden. You want to come over? No, no. They're my weeds, okay? And I, I'm very meticulous in my garden. You, you look, there's not a lot of weeds there. They've only been there a couple of days, and I'll get them, okay? I'll track them. I'll get them because that's how I, that's how I roll. That's how I, I want to do that. I love to do that. And I learned a lot about the process. I learned a lot about the Lord. So I'm out there weeding in God's creation and praying. I pray, I plant my tomatoes and I pray over them. I really do. Lord, bless these, thy tomatoes and, you know, grant an abundant harvest. I really do. Because, you know, I understand that, you know, I planted them before and got blight. What did I do wrong? I don't think anything. And then there's, there's sometimes it rains and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes the, the temperatures are just right. It was the last year before we, we were picking them into like November. It was crazy. I was, I was throwing tomatoes at cars to get rid of them. It was just, I had so many. I was just, thank you, Lord. And so these metaphors, because you see, sometimes it's just a faithful day-to-day pulling weeds. Sometimes it's, it's, it's okay, Satan, you want to tangle? Well, I'm not running. I'm not backing down. Sometimes it's, it's, it's athletics. It's that training with crazy singleness of mind, like obsession. I think you need to be obsessed about Jesus Christ. I think he needs to be your divine obsession. To the point where, you, hey, hey, if you're in warfare, you're not entangling yourself with the civilian life. Your commanding officer wouldn't like that. And I think that you know, these, these things are all there for us. Um, I'm not going to get as far as I want today, but that's okay. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Is that important? That is the gospel. If Jesus hasn't raised from the dead, we're in 1 Corinthians. We're the most saddest of all men, Paul says. Our gospel is all about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the dead. But let me tell you something about the resurrection. We, you know, we're talking about you guys, being, you guys being husbandmen, husbands to your wife, growers. Well, it hasn't been going really good with me. I'll tell you that right now. It's really bad. Really, really bad. Well, you say, ain't nothing but a thing. Jesus can resurrect that. People tell me, I don't love her anymore. I just don't love her anymore. Psh, ain't nothing. Ain't nothing. People get upset when I say this. They shouldn't. Ain't nothing. Jesus can resurrect your feelings. You know, I've blown it at work or in this relationship or in this situation. I've really messed up. And Okay, 
I'm glad you're confessing it. Don't confess it to me. Confess it to God. Will he give you a new day? His mercies are new every morning. He knows how to resurrect the dead. There's nothing that's so broken. He likes broken things. And then he gloriously shows us how he can fix, how he can resurrect, how he can... The whole gospel is about the resurrection. We don't have the resurrection. We don't have anything. Now, who else has rose, risen from the dead? What are the great uh, religious figures through the ages? We exclusively own resurrection. And that's a good thing in a world that's dying. We're all, we all know this. We, we all know this. You say anything you want. I don't believe in God. You'll die. You'll know. Everyone knows they're going. There's only a question of when. Resurrection gives great hope. Have you ever lost somebody? I would suggest you haven't lost them. God knows exactly where they are. The ones who we love have gone on before. Resurrection says that we're going to see them again. The other option is like, I don't believe in God. Uh, how How do you go to a funeral? How do you even go there? How do you... Well, they're dead and in the ground and rotting and never see anybody again who we loved. Hmm. You spreading that message of joy around everywhere, are you? Don't come around here with that with me. I'm not interested. No, resurrection. Don't be ashamed of resurrection. Don't. I, you have to believe. Remember, Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel and you want that you want to bring that message around let me tell you is one let me make this last point wherein i suffer trouble as an evildoer even unto bonds that message will get you in trouble today used to not not in america anyway today that message will get you in trouble doesn't matter the word of god is not bound even Paul in his chains, and we're chained by societal norms and stuff. I would suggest disobey them. Don't let anyone tell you what is and isn't acceptable. You tell them. They don't tell you. You're a child of God. You do what God tells you to do. You don't, we don't have to get approval. And the word of God is not bound. Isn't that a glorious thing? Paul's, hey, listen, he's, he's, he's maybe weeks away from being beheaded. And he's like, he's got this great attitude. That all you got, death? <laughs> Won't you threaten me with a good time? I'm going to go home and see my Lord. In the interim, the only way you're going to shut me up is to cut my head off because I'm telling everybody, figure it out, guys. I don't know how much time any of us have. I don't know how much time there is to a certain trumpet blast. Coming soon to a planet near you. I hope today, I hope tomorrow. And if not, we're going to occupy till he comes, because that's what we do. And just keep flapping your gums. Tell everyone about Jesus. Don't be ashamed. He's not ashamed of you. It's gonna, I wish I kind of made it to this point. Let me read it, and I'll, I'll stop here. It's a faithful saying, if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not... If he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. I probably shouldn't have read that because now I have to explain it. I'm not going to explain it now. I'm not going to. I made my last 
But I want you to understand there's more to it. And we didn't, like I say, quite get to where we wanted to go. But that's okay. Let's, if Lord Terry will pick up the same place next week. If our musicians will come, stand. Lord, help us to commit ourselves afresh to uh, not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, listen, there's nothing here that was mysterious or dark or I had to bring to light that we didn't all know about before. But it's a good time to remember, Lord, you never deny us, even when we deny you. You, you. You're calling us not to be ashamed of you. And you say that if, if we are, you'll be ashamed of us in, the, in, in that day. We wouldn't have it, Lord. So help, Lord, set a fire in us like only you can do. Help us to refocus. Now the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In Jesus' name, amen. It is our desire to get God's Word out to all, so our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses, and if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want out dear I count it all as long.